0: And welcome to That Horror Cast. I'm Mallory Smart.
1: And I'm Dmitry Samarov.
0: On today's episode, we'll be discussing Roman Polanski's psychological horror film, The Tenant. Against the backdrop of a daunting housing shortage in 1970s Paris and the suspicious suicide of a young Egyptologist, Simone Schul, a mousy, naturalized Frenchman. Cholvosky decides to try his luck at moving into the desperate woman's now-vacant flat. But, as the new renter does his best to comply with the draconian rules of the gloomy tenement's building's landlord, Monsieur Z, and learn to live with spiteful neighbors' insidious intimidation more and more, Cholvosky finds himself enmeshed in a real, or perhaps imagined, web of conspiracy. Now, as Cholvosky succumbs to the malevolent building's urban paranoia, hearing voices and seeing things, he becomes convinced that the building's other occupants are plotting to kill him. Are his fears justified or is the tenant starting to lose his fragile grip on reality? Hello? Hey. Okay.
1: Is everything working?
0: Yeah, everything's working Start. on my end. Good. Yeah. I would knock on wood, but my Ikea desk is not made of wood, I think.
1: No, it's it's made out of some kind of uh, Swedish space age uh, material that we don't know about here in the states.
0: <laughs> it, it's pretty bizarre because, like, right now I am like molesting my table, <laughs> trying to be like, oh. "What material is this?"
1: Wow. Oh. <laughs> so, so we're we're getting right into the movie, I guess.
0: I we know. About
1: <laughs> molesting things.
0: <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm just like, all right, let's just get it out of the way, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love how we're both drinking coffee at the same time. Very good. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Synchronized coffee drinking.
0: That's, That's a competitive
1: what, sport. <laughs>
0: I did not mean for the coffee thing to take so long. It's just like while I was making it, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to make a mocha. Oh, uh,
1: fancy. Well, I decided to make it pants? fancier.
0: I was going to use whipped cream. And that just like backfired massively on me, and I had to clean whipped cream.
1: <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I didn't do it well, did from a you, good angle. You,
0: like I just went I was, like straight. Above. Oh, you just
1: you just sprayed it. Okay, yeah. like you weren't like making whipped cream.
0: Or no. Thing. Okay. Do I look like I'm that like capable? I,
1: look, I know I know you're into your fancy coffees. So maybe you know there's people that the the place I go for brunch they do that. They make the whipping, like. That would be cool. Some fancy, like, seasonal drinks, like a...
0: Which place is this? The Duck Inn. I'm writing this in, down. In
1: Bridgeport. It's great. Uh, I go for brunch every Sunday.
0: Uh, Inn.
1: It's a cool place, but, uh yeah, they make, there's like a regional, there's a drink called the Tom and Jerry that's got whipped cream in it.
0: That sounds so, delicious. What else so is they in make, it?
1: They make it either with coffee or with hot cider, and there's a bunch of booze in it and spices and stuff. So, it's
0: very so sweet.
1: Perfect, so, like, it's a dessert, basically. Yeah. It's a dessert with booze, but they whip the cream for that there, like at, at the bar. It's pretty fancy.
0: I have a mocha just minus the whipped cream right now.
1: Oh, the whipped cream didn't work out. It's just on the counter. <laughs> <Someone> <laughs> well, that's what took the while I had to clean
0: it. There's like a dollop. Of whipped cream that made it on.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. You were hoping for two dollops?
0: <laughs> I was hoping like, to have that cool Starbucks presentation where it looks really good, but also then actually tastes really good, which Starbucks doesn't. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, because they just press a button. <laughs> just, you know, it come, comes from a mix usually of some kind.
0: Yesterday, I went to Starbucks for the first time in a very long time. Yeah. I felt like such an asshole as I was coaching the barista through making my drink.
1: You were coaching them t- to make the latte art, to make the little pine cone or something? <laughs>
0: they were missing steps. And I was oh, like, really? y- you forgot that ingredient. Um, sorry, I'm the difficult order. I don't go to Starbucks often, but I paid like seven something dollars for this drink. I wanted to yeah. be made correct.
1: Yeah, now that, with inflation, they've all become absurdly expensive. So, like, yeah, you want a little bit more? No, I never, I don't order those drinks anywhere, even in nice coffee shops. Mm -hmm. The fanciest thing I ever order is a pour over, you know, which is my standard order in a place that can do it, and it looks like they're not slammed, so it's not going to take 45 minutes, you know?
0: (laughs) I like to figure out, like, what the signature drink is at each place. And then I usually stick to that because my theory is if I'm just going to have regular coffee, then I'll yeah. just drink that at home, which I do a lot, obviously.
1: No, I've been, yeah, I've been going, been going to Wormhole semi-regularly recently, and they have a bunch of signature. Do you signature- get the
0: Koopa Troopa?
1: No, I don't get any of them. That's what I'm saying. Oh. I know they have a bunch of signature drinks, and I hear them calling out all the time. I It never even crosses my mind. I, I, I get a pour over. Because they have nice coffee, so, you know, they, they, do in, good coffee. And they can do, although they, they have a, they have a pour over machine, mm-hmm. like they have this thing that, you know, times it out and stuff. They don't, they're not even doing it themselves really. <laughs> so there are, it's, there's some technology at work, but it's fine.
0: I would say it's definitely in my top 10 of coffee shops in the city. Wormhole,
1: Wormhole's cool. Yeah. I just did another painting there on um, Christmas, Christmas Eve, right before I worked a double at the bar.
0: Like, we're just yeah. going to have to tag Wormhole in this podcast. Oh, yeah.
1: Sp- sp- yeah. They follow me on
0: Twitter for some reason. So I was like, all right. Sponsored yeah.
1: by Wormhole. Yeah. I don't know who runs their Twitter. I know who runs their Instagram. My friend Catherine, who works there, Who come? who's a regular at the bar.
0: Might she runs run the Twitter, she, too.
1: Probably. Yeah, she's cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I spent a, a few hours there on uh, Sunday. And bad. yeah, they have many, many signature drinks that are, none of which I've tried.
0: <laughs> okay, like if you and I ever go though, like, can I coax you to try one?
1: I guess so. They're just well, a the, there's a couple of problems. A the milk, which is just like I'm with age, I've become pretty much intolerant oh, that to
0: that amount of milk. The party, just deal with it. Play through the pain.
1: <laughs> no, uh, so I'd, I'd get a. I'd just. Fucking make them do it with like whatever oat milk or you know, soy or whatever. But it's just I I like plain coffee. I it, I don't like sugar in my coffee. I don't like any flavors. I want it just to taste like co- coffee flavored coffee. You know.
0: I mean, I started going to wormhole when I was like a teenager.
1: Many, mm. yeah, I know many people do. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: it's a like thing. Their where, like... gateway drug. <laughs> I wasn't used no. to coffee that much then, yeah. So I was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna try something really delicious." Because previously, the only coffee shop I have ever go- had ever gone to was not Starbucks. I didn't start doing that Dunkin' Donuts. Like no, <laughs> it's something that I have not seen even in this country. Um, Gloria Jeans, do you remember? Oh that? yeah,
1: yeah. Gloria Jeans. There, there's one in the Viagra Triangle, or they used to be. Really? You know? Yeah, there used like- to be
0: one in the mall. That I grew yeah. up by.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's a little kiosk kind of thing.
0: So like my mm-hmm. hope was just like, ah, that's what coffee tastes like. I didn't know yeah. better yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my so friend yeah, was you...
0: like more cultured than me and she was like, You gotta try the coffee. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but you they wouldn't your parents wouldn't let you drink coffee or they weren't coffee drinkers at home?
0: Oh, my dad is like a huge coffee drinker and I think that's why I like it. I know, it's so weird. It's not, his coffee tastes like shit. It's actually one of the few what great is he, memories like I have. like Maxwell
1: House or Hills Brothers or something? I think it
0: Hills Bros. Ugh. Hills if
1: Bros. I, <laughs> they're bros, though. No, they're not they're even brothers. So they're bros.
0: The <laughs> only person who's capable of getting under my father's skin is my great aunt. And, like, the last time she was over, she just, like, bitched about his coffee.
1: Which is real weak, weak. Old school American coffee.
0: She like, I'm not, no one can talk shit to my father, but she just like took one sip of the coffee and she was like, Michael, this is a piece of shit. No. And just like put it down the sink. Wow. I know all of us were just like, yeah, someone can yell at him. That's great.
1: My parents endlessly bitched about the coffee in America because, well, when we came, it was in the late seventies. It was before Starbucks and all the fancy coffee shops came around, you know?
0: Please don't tell me you're a Senka household.
1: No, no, no. They would go out of their way. They they would grind their. They always ground their coffee and stuff. They would never drink American coffee, like you know Folgers, Crystals, or Maxwell House, or any of the shitty coffee. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a Starbucks fan, but Starbucks uh, put it in the mind of America, like you know, Greater America, that there's something better than, you know, whatever that watered down, coffee-flavored water, that the, you know, instant I mean, and stuff.
0: I can start telling you all about the book Pour Your Heart Into It by Howard Schultz, but I don't <laughs> <have enough laughs> you, time. Re- you
1: read the Starbucks guy's book?
0: <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but when I was starting to date a guy, he was really into, like, insanely wealthy entrepreneurs. Oh, He's boy. He still might be. But uh, he's the one who got me into Starbucks and then bought me a book about Starbucks.
1: but yeah yeah and the but the thing is that the the kind of coffee they introduced was shitty co- it's burnt that French roast coffee that they do
0: oh the I traditional don't know that sh- French it's stuff. terrible
1: burnt co- burnt you know what French roast it's like the lowest quality beans, and they roast the shit out of them you know to cover up that that they're bad mm hmm That's that's Starbucks coffee, like the traditional. Like they've introduced like that light ro, the blonde roaster or whatever is much better, you know. But it's still, yeah, it's not great. I actually, I mean, like, I'm sorry, I like, I think Dunkin' Donuts has better drip coffee than Starbucks.
0: I think a lot of people are starting to uh, agree with you on that. I see, like, if I go out for like my morning walk, yes, I do that dorky thing. I'm an adult. but I also see more do- people at the Dunkin' Donuts than at the Starbucks.
1: Well, it depends on the plate. And, and, like, these are franchises. And there's some places that they just, like you were talking about the Starbucks where you were coaching the barista. <laughs> They're just not, not trained right, you know. And and some of them, you can, you can make coffee wrong, you know. <laughs> like, you, you just, just get, get the proportions get wrong, you know.
0: I was so nice, by the way, about my coaching. I'd like to just, like, let everyone know it's not like I was oh. bitchy or whatever. Okay.
1: Yeah, you, you you better talk about it how, what a good customer you are because then Wormhole will withhold their sponsorship of our podcast.
0: Like I just yeah. kind of like was like <laughs> I I think you forgot the caramel syrup did you get that stuff?
1: Yeah.
0: How many shots did you put uh, in?
1: Yeah, see so that's the problem with all those the fancy it's the same problem as like fancy cocktails, you know? It's mostly sugar. It's oh, just good. very Various colors and flavors of sugar on top of alcohol, which already has a lot of sugar in it, you know, in, in the alcohol. That's why you get the worst like hangovers from those, like the scorpion or whatever, like those giant, you know, Hawaiian bowl drinks. There's just, it's just a pile of sugar.
0: See, you know? I don't do those yeah. drinks often. Yeah. Like, I think the closest I came was like my 21st birthday. I tried a Long Island iced tea. I don't sure. remember much of that birthday, so sure. yeah, yeah, I'm that's ton,
1: tons of sugar. Yeah.
0: And then once when I was in San Francisco, I tried a Sex on the Beach one, mm. and I don't remember much about that drink either. Yeah. Oh, and I tried a Hurricane, and Hurricane you know is saying?
1: one of the ones that has a ton of sugar in it. Yeah.
0: That one I do remember because I kept thinking it was hilarious that when I went into the bathroom, there a Hurricane. Flavored uh, condoms. Oh, I know. Oh. Uh, I was very immature. I even bought some. I was like, "What the did fuck?" You,
1: did you have hurricane themed sex that night, or what?
0: I like went throwing through the up worst like heat stroke <laughs> that night. <laughs> it was terrible because we never paid attention to when it was like hottest in New yeah. Orleans. It yeah. was like the point where we were like, "There's not a lot of people here," and then like mm. you slowly realize that's why there aren't a lot of people here right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well.
0: No, this totally goes into it, though, because we're talking about coffee and alcohol, and I was really confused when Roman Polanski ordered his martini, because that did not look like one.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, There are different things called martinis, but, like, yeah, you never know. Uh, It may, you know, that may go with the theme, though, of uh, the people... Like his conspiracy, he thinking that everybody's against him, serving him things he doesn't want, and turning him into somebody else. You know what I mean? Definitely. Everybody, everywhere is may or may not be conspiring to turn him into the woman that threw herself out the window. Simone. Yeah, Simone. So this is
0: like a fucking great movie for you to pick because in the apartment (laughs) trilogy, I think almost anyone would expect Rosemary's Baby.
1: Sure. Well, it's the third. Yeah, it's the last one. So, the yeah, the first is Repulsion. The second is Rosemary's Baby. So, we go uh, London, New York, and now end up in Paris
0: mm-hmm.
1: with, with this. Uh, yeah, this is probably the least known of them. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, Repulsion kind of was one of the movies that made his reputation early, but... And Rosemary's Babies is one of his best known ones.
0: I'll say Probably that one is- cemented that in Chinatown.
1: Yeah, Chinatown was right before this. Right before uh the tenant.
0: He did a very good job of having all actors who didn't tower over him for a tiny dude. <laughs>
1: Yes, for a tiny, tiny man.
0: <laughs> like, because I was expecting him to look like a tiny dude, <laughs> and I was like, he, he did still a looks... very good job. At, he like, still looks not like... towering over yeah. him, though.
1: His that one loudmouth uh, friend who's in a lot, a lot of French movies—the one that plays his mu- marching music in his house—you know, like and talks kinda... shit at
0: the person who comes and knocks on his door. Yeah,
1: yeah. He he kind of towered over him, but he was supposed to, you know, because he was a big bully, you know. <laughs>
0: Oh say, I got that bully vibe. By the way, <laughs> that movie inspired me. Like within the first fifteen minutes, when the neighbor gets pissed off, that like he could hear like the clomping everything around yeah. to turn my TV louder as an experiment. Really? Yeah, because my did TV is on the same wall as uh-huh. my neighbor's bedroom.
1: <laughs> do you have bad blood with your neighbor?
0: No, I just wanted to see if anyone was going to do anything, and no, they did not. I even did music time afterwards, where I like decided to just dance hard and make fun, loud noise. But nope.
1: See, the tenant is it's it's an inspiration.
0: It really (laughs) it immediately made me want to put it to the test. Where I was just like, "Does anyone have the balls to come knock on this door?"
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is it's uh, yeah you, you you could make you could make a new you could make a tenant in like a building like yours, like a new version. It could work mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Believe me, I have had interactions with neighbors where, like, the petition kind of uh-huh. neighbor. I yeah, I've yeah, met yeah. those people quite yeah. a bit. Um, I just kind of join in with the gossip. I don't actually truly participate, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <coughs> yeah, many, many memorable characters, including, you know, Shelly Winters as the the... Land, the cleaning the concierge lady. I, I love her. She's just such a great actress.
0: I really liked, I need to look up her name. I feel so bad. Uh, Isabel. Ajani? Ajani. Yeah, I really liked her.
1: Well, she, yeah, she's she's been in a couple of movies we've covered. She was in Possession, and she was in uh, The Nosferatu.
0: Her Holy dogs. shit, that's her!
1: Yeah, she just had very different hair in this, and she had those goofy glasses.
0: Yeah, that's that Isabel Johnson. Disappear into a role.
1: And this is all within three or four years because those movies are just after this. You know, they're like seventy-nine and eighty or so. Yeah,
0: that is yeah, that was pretty a, impressive.
1: That was her big time, like yeah, late seventies, early eighties.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the, I don't know how much acting she still does, but she in the eighties she was in uh, this biopic called Camille Claudel about the the woman who was involved with Rodin, the sculptor, and she was a sculptor, and she got committed to an insane asylum, and a lot of people think that he kind of ripped off some of her style, and she never got her due. And there's actually currently, I don't know if it's still open, but there's a show of her sculptures at the Art Institute.
0: Hmm. I saw, by the way, on your letters that you went to the Picasso exhibit. I did too.
1: Oh, the drawing show? Yeah. Yeah.
0: What a tight-knit space.
1: Yes. Well, that's that's the print and drawing galleries. Yeah, you know, they they stuffed a lot of stuff in there.
0: <laughs> did you do the thing where, like, you did a virtual line with... No, you wouldn't, would you, with your phone?
1: No, no, I, I, I don't have to because I'm a member and I just go there early. Uh... So since, I think, pandemic, maybe it's before the Art Institute, the first hour, only members were allowed in. So I go then when there's a new show, so I'm not I'm not mixed in with all the unwashed masses.
0: Oh, it was, like, very troubling before I went. Like, it was, like, two yeah. days before Christmas, and, like, so everyone was there and coughing and hacking. And, like, my yeah, hands horrible. were firmly in my, like, pocket, and I was just like, don't breathe, don't breathe. This oh, yeah, like no, it's, it's
1: horrendous. And, you know, the Art Institute membership is totally worth it because... You can pay it off in like three visits. because it also includes two. You get a plus one with every membership, Ooh. so it's really for two people. You like pay it, it for one person. It's like a hundred dollars a year or something. And the you know it costs even for Chicago residents. is twenty dollars. You know, and if there's a special show, it's more. But with membership, you get all that for, for the, included. You know, so totally. Another another sponsor of that say. the Art Institute of Chicago.
0: (laughs) Just keeping on the Chicago sponsors only for this.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, keeping it local, even though the movie we're talking about is set in Paris.
0: (laughs) Very Uh, well. Although, like, they didn't really. Well, I guess in certain scenes, you know, like where their movies were, like you could see it's firmly set in one location. Yeah. I guess it's cause he's in apartments so much, you yeah. really don't get a vibe for, ah, this is definitely Paris. I think
1: the important, well, the point of the movie and what, what was important was not that it was Paris, but that he was a foreigner in that country, and that people, and he was, there's claustrophobia, because it's almost all enclosed closed spaces, there's there's very little shot outside in this movie, you know?
0: I was going to say, also, like, not just the foreigner in New City, I got that vibe that maybe there is, like, low-key anti-Semitism
1: Oh, high, high key, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. He he definitely worked in like some autobiography into this one. I was thinking
0: uh, <laughs> of like the pianist, and I was like, ah, oh, that's his story. And then I watched this, and I was like, i a the... lot of him in this one too. Yeah,
1: these these are the two. He generally in his filmography doesn't make autobiographical movies, but these two are the most probably autobiographical. People have also compared this to Kafka a lot.
0: This guy, got that you know. vibe a lot too yeah, like yeah. when I was watching, I was like, he would rock the fuck out of the trial, like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, uh so yeah there there's a lot of that, but yeah, it, I don't think it's yeah, it's super important that it's Paris, no, particularly, it's important that he's not from there, and that the the natives are hostile, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's what's important, he could have yeah, he could have shot it, say in your building and made the main character, say, from, like, the Middle East or from Asia or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And it would have worked the same way, you know?
0: My favorite part is that throughout the movie, a lot of times I felt that his problems were the same kind of problems that I'd have.
1: Really? <laughs> like, like, Especially what?
0: even the beginning, like, when he's, like, discussing the whole bathroom scenario and that's, like, when he's trying to talk the landlord down yeah. on the money. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, it, it, Assume that I can get violently sick. I don't often. But if I were to, (laughs) that would be an inconvenience. Would you prefer just $4,000 then or whatever? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I just kept saying, I was just like, I feel like I'd make that argument. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like a Malheur argument. And also just being very weirdly observant of the neighbors. Because that was more like what caused the paranoia. They weren't out to get them, obviously. He was freaked the fuck out.
1: No because it, it had that thing of like all those windows in the courtyard so if a, if if you're a nervous person or, or prone to anxiety like a thing like that it's like it, it's just a bunch of eyes staring at you all the time plus plus you have to go you know down a long dark hallway just just to use the bathroom
0: it sounds like that that would be an issue for me I could not. E- a $1,000 discount or francs. I don't know what yeah. monetary system they're on. That's, that would still not be enough for me. I'm yeah. like the loud friend. I'd be like, this doesn't even have a bathroom.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, clearly, so he's... Uh, the, the feeling I get is that this is a place he, he takes because there's not many available. It must have been during a housing shortage.
0: Yeah, they it, mentioned it that there were yeah. a lot of apartments to
1: check. so so it was a time when uh, landlords could get their way. That's why this this creep played by that that actor's great too, Melvin Douglas, the guy that plays the the, the landlord. This is like a domineering creep. <laughs>
0: there were quite a few of those in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah,
1: various <laughs> kinds. Well, and then the other neighbor, the neighbor with with the with the daughter who. Think he was also being conspired against, who's like taking dumps in front of people's doorways, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, to get back at them. <laughs> There's all kinds of sh- uh, shit going on in yes, that place. Yeah,
0: literally.
1: Yeah. The other thing, uh, uh, this—I hadn't seen this movie in a while. I've seen it a bunch of times, but not in a long time. What it—I made a connection with with him. So, like, it's tempting in. 2023 to to link the the cross dressing with kind of, some kind of uh, trans identity, but that's not what's going on here. What what it really reminded me of a lot is Psycho.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, interesting.
1: Norman Bates dressing as his mother. You know, like
0: see, get, I felt being like possessed by him. another person. Yeah, like where they were trying to turn him into Simone Schull. Yeah,
1: Simone Schull. Yeah, he's turning into Simone Schull, but it's not because. It's not a gender issue. It's just like more of like a demon possession.
0: You it's know? a paranoia that the neighbors are not only trying to kill him, they're trying to strip his identity away and turn him into something else. And
1: yeah, because he's a foreigner, he's an outsider, so he's not accepted. Uh, so they're turning him into this poor woman that killed herself.
0: And like the only time you ever get a vibe that it's like, ooh, yeah, this is kind of seen as like more taboos at the end. <laughs> When he jumps out the window the first time, not the second time. Yeah,
1: well, because yeah, it didn't he didn't kill himself the first time?
0: But so like the again. commentary, I, I would like to say I wish there was more commentary the second time.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> what? Because that, that...
0: I was impressed that he was able to get back up to the apartment and jump out again. Well,
1: well, there's a will, there's a way, you know. <laughs> i i it's it's fantastic how hands off all the like they wouldn't they didn't stop him. There's like, well, all right, this is like you know they're 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 so respectful of everybody's own uh desires and w- w- how, their lifestyles it's like all right, well, he wants to do this, let him do it
0: i mean seriously, the most they had to say was, do you see what they're wearing, and also two suicides <laughs> like what?
1: Uh, And the one person also
0: being like, ah, I just fixed that.
1: Well, the the cop comes in and he's like, oh, you must be getting like a volume discount from the builders or something, you know, for the broken glass. (laughs) (laughs) Some comment like that, like really, some cynical shit, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was a great (laughs) scene,
1: like the the scenes where he's fully hallucinating, where the whole courtyard becomes like an opera. Opera mm-hmm. theater, like where every window is just a loge or like an f- opera box.
0: Isn't They're that right where, before?
1: Yeah, he, right before he jumps.
0: He's before preparing for his final act.
1: Yes, <laughs> but yeah, all that, about, about all that stuff about paranoia and people always thinking that you, uh, that you're being watched and stuff. It's it's super effective. Uh it, f- it feels very real, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely did. I would say that <laughs> that it was one of the most relatable horror movies that we yeah. watched. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that t- says a lot of weirdness about me or.
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, he, he yeah. There's there's some real shit. Yeah. It's not. There are like you know it's it's, it's definitely like that that Sartre saying hell is other people. You know <laughs> it's. It's what what's tormenting him is down here on planet earth there's there's nothing uh supernatural going on in this movie like at all.
0: <laughs> what I find fascinating is like he's just a soft spoken regular looks like he just follows the rules guy and he just gets paranoid so quickly,
1: yeah, he's a mousy mousey little guy
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's like whoa! Like who would have thought that like that mild mannered dude could like just tip so hard so fast?
1: Well, I mean, he they plunge he plunges us right into the situation. We we get no backstory about him. Like we don't. He does mention that he's Polish, but he's got French citizenship a couple of times when uh, like officials question well, like where he's from and stuff because he's got an accent. But. Uh, other than that, we don't know his backstory. We don't even really know what he does at work exactly. It's he works in some kind of office.
0: We but know we don't his really. friends are fun,
1: his friends are fun. like he's got this fr- Yeah, these friends who are like making all kinds of off-color jokes and it's all about sex jokes and stuff. And they make quite a racket. And they cut. They kind of tip off all the problems for him and, with that house party, moving all the furniture around and shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, one pissing in the sink and
1: mm-hmm. yeah. well yeah that's what could you ma- yeah that guy would never dare to do that in his own apartment no. piss in the sink you know like which is the obvious solution you know if there's a bathroom down the hall you know
0: it almost seemed like he struggled to contain his own friends cause like yeah even like before things got a little out of hand they just immediately just inserted themselves in the party within that. I don't know. Can you call like five or six people a party? Sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a small apartment, so like how many more? They. It felt like there was 10 pe- 15 people in there just because of the racket they were making.
0: And they like legit, like he didn't get a word in. They're like, we're moving the bed. We're doing this. and it's No. Like, yeah, okay. He's just no, it's, going with everything.
1: And the, they're of a piece with everybody else in the movie bit kind of like domineering and oppressing him. Just like... All the people in the neighborhood, like, giving him dirty looks and maybe conspiring to turn him into a a suicide, you know, <laughs> suicidal woman.
0: And starting to see <clears throat> in everybody his neighbors. Yeah. Or his neighbors and everybody. Yeah, when,
1: when he suddenly, yeah, all of a sudden everybody becomes the neighbors. Yeah. Like, yeah, like when he's at, uh, what's her face is, in the bed and everything seems fine. And then he looks in the keyhole and that salesman knocks and he turns him into the landlord.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so he thinks that the girl is conspiring against him too.
0: They all are. Stella, even the Stella, old neighbors. Yeah. I mean, not old neighbors. <laughs> they look like the neighbors in his mind. The old couple. that he Yeah, that, that run him
1: over. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think he even tries to strangle the woman, doesn't he?
1: He does, yeah.
0: Because like murderers, he th- he, the murderers. The murderers
1: he thinks that she's the petitioning lady the the the, the obnoxious p- petition woman <laughs> well
0: to anyone who lives in an apartment like that or mine we all hate that bitch too so
1: See, yeah they got nothing to do but, but bitch about the neighbors
0: yeah just micromanage other people's lives i really tried to think if i'd ever had a neighbor like that yeah i don't think i have
1: uh, I, uh, for a, th- a couple of seconds, I was a neighbor like that. Well, because I had an upstairs neighbor who they would get really, really drunk and they're musicians and they had all their equipment there and they would start playing it. This one guy especially would start playing like at three or four in the morning. He'd get really hammered and would keep playing this, uh, trying to learn this, uh, Elton John song.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and he would just play it over and over and over again to the point where I slipped him a note under the under the uh, his door that if he ever played at that hour again, I would come up there and burn all his instruments.
0: I immediately and, and, was going to say. I, and after I that, he turned more. into
1: Roman Polanski like he would wait for me. Like if he heard me in the in the hall, he would wait and not come out.
0: I mean, I'd be afraid of you, me. too. So. Yeah. You give off the intimidating look. Like, I'm sure if you actually wanted to look intimidating, you could do it even better.
1: Yeah, that's why I've barely ever gotten into a fight in my
0: life. Like, you look like you can <laughs> fucking kill somebody. <laughs> but I am remembering, though, now, I did have a shitty neighbor once. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were determined that we were making noise in our apartment. That was back when we lived in Roscoe Village.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We were not making noise the hypothetical noise that these neighbors were hearing.
1: What was the neighbor what was the noise that they were accusing you of?
0: They like were just like, oh you have your TV too loud, you're like making too much like loud like steps on the floor and everything because they're the downstairs mm-hmm. neighbor. And mm-hmm. I would have to be like, Bro, I was asleep. Like <laughs> I have no idea. This has gotta be coming from another apartment. And yeah. it was one of those apartments where there was only like two per floor. And even Um, I would, like, just be kind of listening in then on the other apartment and be like, are they doing it? And they weren't. So I'm just like, are these people just out of their minds? Yeah. Because, like, they actually came up once, like, really pissed off and, like, were, like, banging on my door to the point where I was like, I didn't make any noise. What now?
1: So, yeah, but, like, the the same guy who I threatened uh, earlier, uh, he had... uh, been in a band with, with somebody that was my room, one of my roommates, and they used to practice in the living room, and and the people next in the house, next one over on the same level, we were on the second floor, would like complain all the time because they fell on like the, it was a rock band practicing in an apartment. You know, it was obnoxious. This is the in the late nineties. <laughs>
0: I know that. You know, because you can see whatever anyone's moving in, especially in a place like this. Yeah. Um, the head Karen in this apartment, we were like in the elevator because you could see like they put this like padding on the door. Head, so head Karen. Her.
1: So it's like a team of Karens. It
0: definitely <laughs> seems to be. But she's the head Karen. And uh-huh. like I saw her like get pissed off. And I was just like, oh, something happened. And she's like, I saw a drum kit. I was oh, yeah. Just like, oh, okay, you take that up with somebody. I'm just going to pretend I'm not here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I,
0: don't, I don't know. I just love uh, the way she said that I saw a drum kit. Yeah. Yeah. Like she was just like keeping tabs on everything that that person was bringing into their apartment.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's it's it's super, it's really relatable. All the stuff about apartment living in this movie is really relatable if you've ever lived in an apartment building, you know. And it made me think of sometimes, well, like, back to other movies, like, well, Rear Window, because of watching The Neighbors all the time and stuff. And then uh, Into the Future. What was the name of that movie? I think it came out, like, last year or the year before? about the woman who who moves young woman moves to europe with her boyfriend who gets a job and and she has like this guy stalking her and Watch nobody her? believes her watcher yeah yeah yes. i think the, this had like this must be some of the dna of watcher you know
0: definitely it's so i the guess same kind of setup it yeah. is a trope you can't trust your neighbors and they don't trust you either
1: it's well it's it, it's uh, either a uh, it's a relatable, I'd, even if it's just a paranoid, If even if it's a figment of your imagination, it's a, it's a feeling that's super, super identifiable for a lot of people. You know,
0: I always want to know if there are people that have a very fun, like communal experience in the apartment buildings they live in. Because almost <laughs> everywhere I've lived, there has been like kind of some people at war with each other.
1: I it's it's hard uh, and anytime you get a group of people together. I mean, I've had, you know when I was in art school for a brief time for a year, we had two couples living in one apartment, and that's horrible. Yeah, like you don't want that because a couple is a you know a certain kind of unit. It was two couples and my my girlfriend's brother. There was five of us, and that was a fucking mess.
0: I can imagine. I would want your asses kicked out immediately. I'd make a uh, petition.
1: Well, the other couple left. We okay. we stay, We won. <laughs> that's,
0: that's good.
1: This is an, this huge apartment on Logan Boulevard. Yeah, nineteen ninety one to ninety
0: three. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining the amazing rent prices right now.
1: You don't even want to know how cheap this place was.
0: <laughs> like, I'm just like having like the Roman Polanski vibe right now. I'm just like I, uh, that the deal is just too good to pass up.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean. There is a, in this movie, so many things that are from another time. Like, you know, nobody would take an apartment without, without a bathroom included these days in a city, you know. Uh, Even
0: people in New York?
1: I I, I don't I'm just don't imagining know.
0: the places in Manhattan. I mean, I've seen people who live with, like, in things that are like barely closets.
1: Yeah, yeah. Then there's, there's like... I stayed in I stayed in a hotel which is a fancy hotel like by um what's that area called? It's not Chelsea like the maybe meet like where the new Whitney is. Uh and it was a tiny little room and the ba- there wasn't the bathroom was down the hall, you know?
0: That's what I'm imagining is that there yeah. has to be like buildings like that in New York
1: still. Maybe, yeah, like the shared bathroom. Yeah, I don't know, but it's it's probably pretty rare. Uh, and also the the fully furnished, you know, like also unusual uh, of a of a different time.
0: Yeah, as I said, different era. I mean, big. You've seen that, right?
1: Long, long time ago. What but the what, first what place you he think?
0: stays? Uh, RA furnished, bathroom down the hall, shared telephone, all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, different, yeah, the, those are, well, yeah, shared, the idea of a public telephone even, like, you know, there's no public telephones left, let alone shared ones in apartment buildings. Everybody's got their own computer in their pocket.
0: Now, like, what's entertaining about that is that obviously he gets freaked out easily because he's a 13-year-old in a man's body, but Rowan Polanski shouldn't, be that sheltered and freaked out so easily.
1: Well, yeah, this is where I guess some some of the autobiography can come in. You know, this is a guy that survived the Holocaust and survived the, the killing of his wife by a cult. <laughs> you know?
0: He this seems is... to have bounced back from all of it fairly well.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, but well, a year after this movie he he you know drugs and rapes a 13 year old and has to flee America. This is where his big legal troubles start. is I looked it up. I, was I thought Googling maybe it had happened too. already, but like that's it was why I wanted to check. Right today. after yeah, right after is like, when he becomes the pariah that he still is.
0: Because um, I knew he was like working on a movie when the event happened.
1: Yeah, I was no, just he's like, never Is
0: this the one that like he was working on, but no.
1: No, he's never stopped working on movies. Yeah.
0: yeah, but that's what I wanted to see is I was like, is this a movie he was doing like during yeah. that, like, because there was like a moment where like he was like, I need to go and finish, finish some shots, and the judge let him for a brief moment.
1: Yeah. I don't uh,
0: pretend to know too much about him, although I, did, I really did study his early childhood, and I understand kind of the, like, not just the anti-Semitism, but like Foreigner, strange place. Yeah. Also, no, like, none he of was that, forced like, to like, pretend to be Catholic and shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which was very common with Jews. I mean, throughout European history, basically. Jews that were either pretended to or became Catholics, you know, because they were forced to. Well, let's, you know, you got the Great Crusades, you got, you know, the Spanish Inquisition, all that shit.
0: And it's I imagine all his about this. paranoia could stem from the fact that he was quizzed. I was reading on his actual Catholic knowledge because they were trying to expose Jews, and he failed. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'd imagine like paranoia there would like seep into you as well. Where it's like, oh my god, what well, if they find out I'm not who I say I am, or whatever.
1: And all that said, uh, you know, I, yeah, uh, and you know, we've. We've avoided Roman Polanski for, for obvious reasons all this time. But like,
0: he was always going to eventually come up. Like, yeah. Just he's,
1: see, the thing is, yeah, I mean, he's a great, great filmmaker and a horrible human being. And mm-hmm. those two things just live side by side. And if you can't accept that, then you're going to have a really hard time. If you want art made by nice people, well-adjusted people, you're not going to get much art, you know, <laughs> not, not much good art. Nope. Uh, and the the problem with what you know how he hasn't been made to answer for his crimes is not the fault of the movies he's made you know like the movies are the movies they stand alone they have to uh, like you know there's serial killers in jails making great art there are there are people in we jail can cells
0: give George Bush and <laughs> buy his art
1: no well I can't Plus he doesn't make good art. It's
0: fucking <laughs> terrible. But it's, like the it's fact horrible. That through the entire Trump administration, everyone's like, Have you seen his paintings? <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah, not yeah, it's it's humanized him, but nope. Nope, he'll forever be a fucking war criminal. Same um, here.
0: But that's the point though, is that like suddenly like it just almost humanizes people. Yeah.
1: So I don't like there's a documentary that I didn't like at all f- about a decade ago, maybe, about Polanski. Sort of uh
0: I feel like there's got to be a lot of them, so you have to narrow this down.
1: I don't know. Uh, there, there was one that was fairly, prom, you know, well received, I guess, but it basically tries to uh, explain away his behavior because of all the multiple trauma that he's gone through. But mm, the,
0: that's an ouch.
1: That's yeah. I don't buy that shit at all. Like, there's many. There's, you know, there's millions of survivors of the Holocaust and many many victims of violent crime that don't go on to rape children. You know like Clearly most most survivors of horrible events don't don't do what this guy did. Uh so I don't I don't excuse anything he did, but when he goes on a movie set, he's not killing people and he's not raping people. He's making art and not he's that really we're aware of Yeah, he's really fucking good at it, you know. <laughs>
0: It's a frustrating thing because, especially when you run a horror podcast, like that's what he does. Like, he makes horror movies.
1: Yeah, not all of them are horror. I mean, he makes a variety. Primarily,
0: especially his early career.
1: Yeah, early career. Yeah. um, Well, yeah, the yeah. If we start to have some sort of like morality test for makers of movies to that extent, or the content of movies, so you end up with, you know, absurd moments, like, so if you have a murderer in a movie, does that mean that the directors are promoting murder? You know what I mean?
0: I mean, I feel like in the 80s, when we went through the Satanic Panic, you definitely had people who would make that argument, yeah.
1: Oh, that's so funny that you mentioned that, because I just saw a pretty good doc on Tubi about the Satanic Panic. It's...
0: I demand it's,
1: titles. Uh, Satan Wants You.
0: Okay,
1: it's good. Right, it's, new, it's new. It's from this year. It totally goes through all that satanic panic stuff, I which is fa- so fascinating. It was, you know, a literal witch hunt. Uh, a bunch, well it Well, it, it kind of got kicked off with this book called Michelle Remembers, hmm. uh, which is this woman, like, invented this fucking fantasy about being, you know, Raped by Satanists, and her uh, her shrink encouraged her, and the two of them wrote this book called Michelle Remembers, and it kicked off. It's one of the inciting incidents of the Satanic Panic.
0: That's very Rosemary's Baby, except that obviously it didn't really happen.
1: Yeah, none of yeah most of most of those sh- the, the stuff in the, those book like those pop like whatever trauma books didn't happen, you know like. There there's one called Go Ask Alice. I think
0: that oh, was I've about heard a, of that
1: one. the drug. It was a drug addiction one, also completely fabricated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was about the fear of like the kids in the sixty, you know, the hippie kids in the sixties doing the drugs and stuff.
0: I love those fear ones. Those are great.
1: But yeah, yeah, to- totally invented. Like it's just, just it's fantasy, science fiction. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, and I'm Roman Polanski is very good at uh dramatizing and kind of inventing a fictional version of very real fears in the in whatever in society of his time you know he's he's very good at that
0: I liked that he also I don't know if it was purposeful just because like this was a big movie star at that time but I thought it was funny that he was watching a Bruce Lee movie with, yeah uh, Stella. yeah yeah is that what was Stella yeah yeah. And he insisted up until the Manson family was discovered that he was the one that killed Sharon Tate. Mm. And I was just like, ooh, that's a little odd. <laughs> they decided to throw a Bruce Lee movie into his movie. <laughs> like, is that almost like an apology of, okay, I understand you did not murder my wife? Or. The
1: f- oh, I, I didn't, I missed that. What, he accused Bruce Lee of killing his wife?
0: Yeah, like oh, for I the missed it. Couple days because I oh, guess Jesus. Bruce Lee he was uh, really left out of his, his mind. Stuff like at oh, their he was house. at that
1: part. He was at that party. Or,
0: no, like he or... had been there like a couple of days prior, oh. and like oh. he forgot stuff there.
1: Oh, were they having an affair or something? Was
0: um, no, I don't was that think so. Or... I think it was just like a friendship. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. it actually kind of like caught the tabloids for like a day or two because everyone agreed that. If anyone can kill that many people, it would be Bruce Lee. That's
1: weird. I somehow I never heard that story. I don't know why I missed that one. And I've, I went I've on read and deep seen dig a last a,
0: night.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've consumed my fair share of Manson shit, you know. But
0: who hasn't? We've all gone through that phase.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's one of the it's you know they they credit that with killing the sixties, you know, and all that uh the de- you know the uh, one of these like people talk about America's innocence, like being gone or whatever like nineteen sixty eight
0: the death of america's fu- innocence
1: ludicrous they said that with Kennedy, they said that you know like
0: they're
1: yeah, <laughs> and America was never innocent <laughs> <laughs> we know? just thought
0: we were for a good yeah, decade we, there, we, only we, a decade
1: we we like that well there was uh, there was a moral high ground. Uh, for, yeah, about a decade after war, because of World War II.
0: Exactly. But
1: immediately after that, you get the Korean War, which is dress rehearsal for the Vietnam War, which are both, bad. you know, <laughs> America lost and we're, we're not on firm moral footing at all, you know?
0: We were really good at sweeping the Korean War <laughs> under the rug. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, Korean War is not mentioned much. Uh, but yeah, it was a fucking complete disaster.
0: And I like that. Continues to be for the most part. Only recently have I really been seeing a lot of people call it the Vietnam War the Vietnam War, because when I was in high school, they kept calling it the conflict in Vietnam. And oh like, yeah. Is that what we call it when we don't win?
1: <laughs> sure. Well, like the way that Putin calls it, the special op. What's it called? The special operation or whatever. It's not a war.
0: Exactly. The
1: U- Ukraine. I forget what his. There's a term that he has.
0: And right now, with Israel and Hamas, they're just trying to help the hostages. That's all they're doing. Yeah. I it love the way people phrase shit. It's all in the well, wording. B- b-
1: yeah, because that makes it makes a fucking difference. These words, you know.
0: <laughs> it really. I mean, I could even go as like minuscule as we went from homeless to the unhoused. Yeah. It is all the language.
1: Yeah, but yeah, that's but that's that's advocates for homeless people. Unhoused is a, a term for I'm, I've never quite understood the reason for the unhoused that what this distinction is exactly.
0: I always felt but, uh, like that was almost the city's way of trying to excuse it, almost like to give more dignity and be like, we don't have that many homeless people; we just have unhoused people.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know who but started that. I don't know who
0: started that. It's the same thing. Like in America, we don't say that we have a lot of starving people. We say that we have food insecure people.
1: Sure. Well, it's you. You can go back to you know, you you say beef, not cow. You know, <laughs> you don't exactly. have a cow burger. You have, you get you have it's a beef ham- a hamburger. You know, it's the it's not a it's not the flesh of a cow that you're you've ground up and or putting in your face. You know?
0: You're not eating a pig. You're eating pork.
1: Right. Yeah. These were. This is the magic of language. We know this. We write books, so we know about all language magic.
0: I like <laughs> how, like, I don't know, was it me that accidentally segued us into random words? <laughs>
1: uh, maybe. Uh, well, it's uh, we we were we went off down the the, the uh, Manson family. That's this is how it somehow led led us to this.
0: I mean, I guess it is that, like, you know, we are discussing your own Polanski, and we, you mentioned that, like, you have to take him and the movie, like, you can't separate it.
1: Well, you have to acknowledge it. No, I know you do have to separate it. I think I argue that you do have to separate yeah. them.
0: Like uh, you have to take them like side by side, almost. It, that's what I find you're saying.
1: Well, the yeah, yeah, I mean Roman Polanski is a big fucking problem for me because I love his movies, but like what he did is horrible and he should have served jail time, but he wasn't made to answer for it. But that's the fault of, you know, societies, American and French and all the other countries that have let him live in whatever by not arresting him. Uh so when when i'm watching a roman polanski movie, you know, i have to set that aside. i have to. You know what i mean?
0: I had to like say that yesterday like <laughs> in a semi-humorous way. It's so terrible where like when blens going to sleep and i'm getting the movie <laughs> ready to watch. No, i did not have it on canopy because apparently canopy is based on whatever library district you're in. So i i illegally downloaded You know
1: what they had? No, I I searched it on it. I couldn't find it on Canopy either. I found it on Hoopla, though. Hoopla is...
0: I have that. I have that
1: one. It's useless. It's pretty much useless, but they had it. It's uh, Chicago, Chicago, unfortunately, uses Hoopla rather than Canopy. Canopy is much better than Hoopla. But, like...
0: But prior to watching it, like I was just like, all right, you have a good night. I'm gonna go watch a movie that was made right before a guy drugged and raped a 13 year old. Enjoy. Yeah. Good night.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 impossible to erase that from your mind when you're watching this stuff, but or reading whatever. But it has to. You have to be able to judge it separately. Uh, so there's other instances, like well, Woody Allen comes to mind first off. Is that his, you know, best known movies are about the thing that he that he's done, the crime that he's done. So you can't separate it because he puts it in your face. You know, I mean,
0: yeah,
1: and also I'd argue Woody Allen hasn't made a masterpiece. He's made some pretty good movies, but none that the world couldn't live without. Whereas I... Roman Polanski's made ma- masterpieces, I think, to my mind, you know, I'd argue.
0: I'm going to disappoint so many people when I say that I actually don't like majority of Woody Allen movies. There's only cool. one. Who will you disappoint? <laughs> way too many people. Yeah. There's only one I like, and it is like no one likes this movie, and I just find joy in it. Which one is what? Paris.
1: Oh, really? Oh. I know. I, I, no I one really, else likes it. I really dislike I. That's. I don't
0: important. know why it gives me joy, but for some reason I'm like, hmm, I like that movie, but no one else likes it. I know that.
1: It's it's well, I guess you're more, more of a nostalgic type than me, because it traffics in so much schmaltzy nostalgia and like.
0: I and mean, that's what he's trying to do. He wants to open a nostalgia shop.
1: Yeah, but like. Ew. It's horrible.
0: Yeah, I am I, well aware that the one Woody Allen movie I like. And then there's another one, but I never rem- remember the title. But like he, like is a cryogenic sleep and he wakes up in the future? Sleeper. Sleeper. Yeah. yeah. That's so you.
1: Yeah, place. see, I, I find those early slapsticky ones unbearable. Like I, I just hate them. I've always hated them before I knew what a creep he was or anything. But like, no, it's I like some of the ones where he's.
0: creepy and sleeper.
1: Yeah, always creepy. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I like Crimes and Misdemeanors. I liked uh, Annie Hall. Uh, but the the movie that's yeah, I used to like and is completely unwatchable because the subject matter is Manhattan.
0: Which is deemed his best movie, usually.
1: Often, it's one of the but it's unwatchable
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it's about a guy in a relationship with a teenager. You know? <laughs> And that's 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 Benny's a big like difference.
0: Acting all creepy and emotionally abusive towards the attacker. Yeah, where,
1: where you know he's in a you know he's a adult child, which <coughs>
0: is his his justification
1: is is that he's still he's got the emotional maturity of a teenager, so he should be with a teenager.
0: Well, that's kind he of he still has that.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, But whatever. Yeah one way or another the movies are about that about the thing that he's done that that's not acceptable so you that's why you can't separate it i can't separate it whereas with polanski doesn't make movies about drugging and raping 13 year olds you know not generally
0: i haven't seen the tenant up until last night I was waiting to see if there was anything creepy in it. Because, like, in any other movie of his, I was like, I've never really seen anything creepy. Like, there's sexual deviancy. There's there that. is,
1: but, it, yeah, it's not that. It's not the thing that he did in real life, you know? Like,
0: when when the one person with a little girl comes knocking on the door, I was like, ooh, is this where we're at? But, no, this is not a no, no. little otic.
1: No, his movies are uh, about all kinds of different things, and crimes, and murder, and... All kinds of shit, but not about the thing that he did mm. in real life. So that's what makes it, I mean, simpler for me to argue in the defense of his movies, you know?
0: It just seems like he's always making movies that are much more, like, related to himself as opposed to the things that he does.
1: Well, but though, uh, well, so the last like two movies.
0: fears and everything yeah. as opposed to, like, yeah, I'm into this.
1: I don't even know how you watch his last couple of movies haven't been distributed in America at all. But he made a, he made a movie in twenty nineteen about the Dreyfus affair, which I don't know how you watch it. And apparently he went on like on the news in France or something, uh identifying himself with Alfred Dreyfus, which is fucked up. That he's like wrongly accused.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's fucked up, you know? <laughs> But I I'd, I'd be curious to see that movie. But I don't know how you. I guess you have to illegally download it or something. Uh, and uh, yeah, Wikipedia says he he just released an, a new movie in this year. Too. He's
0: uh, pretty which, old, isn't he? He's ninety. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's.
0: Guess so. all those women keep him young too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean the the woman he's married to is much much younger. She's a, a French actress. She's she's in a couple of his movies. Uh, Emmanuel Seigneur, I think, is her name. Yeah, she's much much younger than him.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's see how old you are, Emmanuel. She's fifty seven.
1: Right. Yeah, but they've been together for a while. They have a they have kids and stuff. Um. Yeah, it's it's very complicated. I I you know it's the thing of Roman Polanski and his art and his personal criminal behavior. Uh, yeah, I I don't have a good answer for this, but I I I mean this, I don't know. The Tenant is a great movie, I think.
0: I mean that's definitely. <laughs> it's so hard because I know like there's so much more we could talk about it, but like even like when I woke Belen up last night before he we went to work, I even had I was just like. Are we gonna stick to just talking about the movie or are we gonna bring it up?
1: Like No, you 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 can't avoid it. I mean yeah, what because if you avoid it, that means you're sort of like silently
0: uh, condoning. Yeah,
1: it's it's consen- yeah, if you don't say anything, you're condoning it. There's no way I condone it, but uh, I don't know. Uh,
0: I feel like I'm gonna have to give this episode a title like we do not condone sexual abuse. <laughs>
1: That That's a mouthful,
0: <laughs> and we're not laughing at the idea of it. We're laughing at the idea of the title,
1: <laughs> yeah, the title's ridiculous, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, but deeply fucked up people can can make great art and but and and like I said before, I don't like this line of argument of uh defending his behavior by the trauma that he went through that's that's not acceptable to me I, you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah not um. every, every traumatized person lashes out or like takes vengeance this way or like victimizes other people you know
0: we're not therapists or anything but from all that trauma he seems to have bounced back fine with all of it
1: he's able i mean he's able to do his job
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wh- whatever.
1: What for? Whatever that's worth, you know.
0: Like it, Holocaust survivor wife being murdered by Manson family. He seems to have continuously made amazing films.
1: Yeah, and yeah, there's you know people that think that you know you 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 bear, you know you bury yourself in work to to keep your head above water, you know, and clearly this is his refuge is is make, making his movies. And it's, it's what he's always done.
0: Now if you were to rank this in the Polanski films, how high would you put it?
1: Uh fairly high. I mean I don't know what my favorite is. I mean I love Chinatown. Chinatown's really high up and and Rosemary's baby. And uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's pretty high up there. Although it was very poorly received when it came out, like it sort of gained a, a better reputation over time, I think.
0: Which is ironic.
1: Yeah, yeah, he it gained an audience after after the man who made it was you know was found out to, to have raped a thirteen year old.
0: Yeah, that's why I was so focused on the date, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in my mind, I, I for some reason thought that he had already done that. I thought it was closer to the murders, you know?
0: No, it was definitely closer to... Yeah. I think
1: there was also, there was another, at least one other girl that was hushed up or paid off. That wasn't the only girl.
0: No, I know that. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a pattern of behavior, you know? But, uh, yeah, him and... so. The, like the reason, one of the reasons we can't see his new movies here is, you know, like he was removed for, or banished from the Academy of Motion Pictures, him and Bill Cosby, the it's same been
0: time. it a while to do yeah. that.
1: Very long time, yeah. And yeah, with Cosby's another open secret, you know?
0: Isn't it funny that like it just took a bitch slap from Will Smith and, to remove him and then decades <laughs> upon decades for the others...
1: Well, yeah, yeah. The the news cycle spins much much quicker now.
0: It's like one of those things where actually most actors and everything demanded the let Polanski go.
1: Yeah. Um, so the thing, yeah. Well, if you're gonna compare, I think crime. they
0: had a petition too. Yeah. Polanski and co- his petitions.
1: Yeah, uh, but Polanski's got a lot of defenders too, so it goes kind of both ways, you know. Yeah. It's complicated. Uh, well, because...
0: People there's you wouldn't always... think would be defenders, too. And you're like, oh.
1: Yeah. Uh, but the the actors and other people that defend him are... I think they defend him because he's a great filmmaker, which is complicated. You know, not because he's a great person. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how you could argue that he's, like, a good person. No. He just fuck, fucked up things. Um but, yeah, even – even it's funny, and this is the one movie that he stars in, you know, and still, when I'm watching this movie, I'm – most of the time, I'm not thinking about the guy that made the movie and is the star of the movie and what he's done in his private life, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, because the art of it is so masterful, you know, and the story is so compelling and all this stuff that we start up talking about, all. – there's different ways of being paranoid and the anxiety is so real, you know, that you forget what this guy behind it has done. <laughs> and that's that's kind of amazing.
0: I wonder if it's a generational divide there, because while watching, I was Googling as well.
1: Oh, because, no, like, no young person will, would ever watch her own Polanski movie?
0: Well, I think it's just because... We always were raised in a society where we, like, not only knew about it, but we knew to condemn it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the entire time I'm watching, I'm like, I am really enjoying this, but I'm going to look it up, though, just to see what other people think and also (laughs) what exactly he did. Because I think I remember what he did, but let's take a look again. So I, I was definitely Googling him and his past behaviors and everything he did and while watching the movie.
1: Yeah. No, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the bottom line is you don't have to be a good or moral person to make great art. You just don't. You have to be good at making. You have to have a story to tell and, and the talent or whatever the means to tell it. Uh, you don't have to be a good person. I, that's how I see it, you know.
0: So he becomes convinced that he is slowly being turned into Simone Shul. Yeah. Our first interaction with her, um one leads to him having a really kinky situation in a movie theater.
1: Yeah. Yeah, with the guy watch with guy guy staring at them.
0: I was gonna say like he even noticed that. I was like, oh, all right. But like the they screen. see him out on the street afterwards so that weird. guy
1: the, the peeper <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm and sorry was, what repeat what you were saying Oh, I, I was just saying
0: like that. the first like second he saw her and met Stella at the exact same time like just mm-hmm. the scream the guttural scream I thought that yeah. was so fascinating cuz obviously that was the ending as well.
1: Yes. Well, when he beco- when he actually becomes her cuz he's ba- he's in the hospital wrapped in in bandages.
0: So like he's screaming at almost himself.
1: Yes, well he has that reaction, and and Stella even remarks on it, like
0: she it's was like looking at. She didn't recognize me.
1: But she was looking right at you. So it's is it the scream that transferred the personality? You know, like and or implanted the seed of him, the paranoia that he was becoming her.
0: Did they explain in the beginning how he knew? That the apartment was about to become vacant.
1: No, no. Uh, oh uh, no. She no. She he tells Shelley Winters that a friend of his told him about the apartment.
0: So a That's friend of his knew that someone had tried to commit suicide and was basically on the brink of death. Go check out this apartment really quickly. Well,
1: because yeah, this points up the, like the great housing sh- the housing shortage. This is so people get really mercenary. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They don't fucking care. It's like people in New York where they're like looking around for old people to die so they can take over their rent control departments, you know?
0: I would do that, yeah.
1: <laughs> Speaking of good moral people.
0: I'm so moral. You could judge me fine. I think it's hilarious that like the landlord judges him as like a fine upstanding guy and everything even though this is a dude who's offering you money before the like tenant is even dead.
1: Yeah. No, 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 no no speaking of yeah guilt like nobody in this movie is blameless. I mean, everybody's got their their hands are dirty, you know.
0: Like they're negotiating money. He's basically going to the hospital to make sure she does indeed die.
1: Yeah, so he can keep the apartment. Of course. That's why he's do- he's covering his ass. Yeah, he's not there because he he feels bad that she fucking Try to kill herself. He I doesn't like that care.
0: He oranges too. Like, is that the nice thing to bring in France? Not flowers, but oranges.
1: I think so. maybe oranges. It's like a sign of help, like to get better. It's vitamin C. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I just found that one fascinating.
1: That was a great scene too, because you see, there's a woman, old woman, that's like coughing up shit onto her pillow, and then on the other. Uh, bed. It's like a full-on party, like they're having a party, visiting whoever. So it's it's just every variety of, like, sickness, you know, in the room.
0: <laughs> See, just <laughs> like at his patient. apartment, all sorts yeah. of
1: shit. Yeah, it's like a microcosm. It's like a l- tiny little version of a world, you know,
0: every and kind
1: of interaction.
0: It would appear that even when he moves in to the apartment and also even his friend or her friend – no one seems to really have known Simone. No, we don't know
1: Simone, and we really don't know him either. You know what I mean? If you think yeah. about it, we don't know anything about him except that he's a foreigner, and uh, he just he wants an apartment. You don't know where he came from, like what he, his situation, where he lived before. Except the police, the policeman does point out that he he hasn't changed his old address, but we don't know anything about his old address. Why he had to move, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like something must have happened to make him have to move, like maybe he broke up with his girlfriend or something you know
0: well, or could well I would say couldn't afford the place, but he had his money and cash ready to go, so yeah,
1: uh, no, but I think by leaving all these gaps in in the uh, in the story we we can insert ourselves into it like easier, you know what I mean, mm-hmm it's more it becomes more relatable to a, a variety of people uh because he's a little bit of a blank slate he's a mystery and he remains one to the end
0: mhm yeah so when do you think the pivotal moment came when he immediately was like they're trying to change me into simone
1: um i mean i don't know it it starts so early it starts with uh when he goes f- for the first time for coffee across the street and they don't have his cigarettes. So and he takes ga- some
0: Marlboros, yeah.
1: And they give him hot chocolate instead of coffee
0: Which and he accepts say, it. I thought like it was kind of funny because last time you and I spoke, we were talking about cigarettes and uh, you're mentioning Marlboros. And I was just like, that's so funny. That, like the next movie that you picked, like,
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> had if, to do yeah. that. <laughs> You know, if if you choose any movie from before before the nineties, you can have a lot of cigarette content in it. You know, <laughs> basically nineties two thousands.
0: It was definitely that moment where, like, I saw it, I was like, ah, that's not the reason why I picked it, but that's so funny.
1: No, I th- I think one of the reasons. Well, it this movie has been on my list for a long time, but also.
0: See, I thought Repulsion was going to be the one that you were going to pick. Yeah, but
1: this is like the more unconventional pick. You know, this is like lesser known. Uh, Repulsion's great. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great movie, but it's about a different. That was
0: what was on your list.
1: Was it? Yeah. Uh well, you know, maybe we can circle back to it sometime. But uh, yeah, you could about do a,
0: the apartment trilogy in reverse.
1: Yeah, diff- different kind, different kind of uh, mental illness. Yeah uh uh no it's because of little otic you know it's about the the problem in the apartments that's what made me th- one of the other things that made me think of it yeah they like the nosy neighbors the no- the neighbors with all all in your business and shit you know
0: the irony of one having pedophilia and the other one being directed by a pedophile
1: there well i didn't make that connection you did <laughs> that, that's your kind that's I made your the contribution
0: connection <laughs> and the pedophilia connection.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did.
0: <laughs> so was it like hot chocolate that he was made?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was hot cho Yeah, it was steamed in. It was steamed milk, and then they add the the powder cocoa. Yeah.
0: Sounds yeah, they, delicious. Like yeah, I feel like Well, I've yeah, had that's the way. On there too.
1: That's the way you make it in a. Uh, in an espresso machine. You know, that's but at your at your uh, Starbucks you'd have to instruct them how to make it
0: mm, the just way you make want. it here. I I am the best barista in this area.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think he I think he starts to transform into Simone almost immediately.
0: But then there's uh, another scene where he is offered cigarettes and like he's about to take Marlboro's and then he hears the other option is like no 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 never mind I'll go Take that option. I I don't know how to pronounce. Well, he fight because... he,
1: he at various points he fights it, you know, and then even even towards the end when he's, you know, stops, shacks up with uh, Stella and he thinks he's he's gonna st- become himself again, you know. It, it doesn't last very long because he's sucked back into being Simone. Even uh, though and, he
0: was so snug and everything.
1: Yeah. But the paranoia gets the better of him because he looks through the people after the, there's a knock on the door and sees his landlord when he's not there. So yeah, there's there's a big question of whether, like, what part of that like actually happened, mm-hmm. um, and which part is just him being paranoid. And uh, it's it's very open end. I think you know mileage will vary. It depends on how paranoid you are, or how how much you have these problems. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, some people will probably say that none of it happened. Some people will think say it's like a documentary, you know, <laughs> like you know what I mean?
0: I feel uh, like I don't know, maybe like the petition moment in my mind stuck out as a very heavy like that bitch was threatening. Right? Yeah. Where I was just like, okay, she expects like you to basically be in on the in crowd, you know everything in the apartment. Yeah. And, like, she kind of gave a low-key threat. And I feel like that probably was, like, the first moment where he was just like, holy those shit, the, they hate me.
1: That interaction and the one with the, with the lady, uh, with the girl who's also being oppressed, because she comes before to try to get Almost him. warns on, him. On, yeah, on her side. Those are the, the most Kafkaesque kind of moments in the movie, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where there's this unseen force that's oppressing you. And you keep, we have to fight against it, but you have no means to. You don't even know the rules.
0: And then the, the paranoia of, like, you didn't even know that you're doing, or, like, why are people hearing you do stuff that you're not doing? hmm And then also being recommended random ass shit, like, and Simone loved to wear slippers and shit. It's like, yeah, chill the fuck out, bro. He's just walking around.
1: And none of your uh, experiences are acknowledged, like, you know, him keeping seeing seeing the people standing in the bathroom.
0: That one was creepy. That gave off Blair Witch vibes. But
1: yeah. Well, also in the end, you know, the the, the last time when he goes to the bathroom and he looks across and sees himself in the window of mm-hmm. his own apartment, you know. That's where that's where he, he's completely lost it. You, you know, he's he's gone.
0: <laughs> he firmly had lost it. Once he left Stella's apartment and he's yeah. like gone through the streets and he's gotten hit by the car. Yeah. Which felt more like a love tap than an actual hit.
1: Oh, also he clearly throws himself in front of the car. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's totally his own fault. That part's his
0: own fault. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I'm sure probably being injected with whatever didn't help. Yeah. Like it's yeah, probably so just huge tangled mess of oh my god he's about to lose it even worse. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's 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 an amazing kind of line he rides with this character that, I mean he's not a sympathetic character but you feel for his situation you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of a dick, really.
0: Uh, hell yes, when he uh, is like eh, i kind of new Simone just to, you know, get some...
1: He's Yeah, he's totally an opportunist, but what you feel for is the situation of, like, the world conspiring against you, you know, like, where you fe- everybody's felt that at some point, that the deck is stacked against you. So he's able to do that. So even as, you know, even... Yeah, put him, you know, Roman Polanski, the child rapist, you know, is able to communicate, uh, an like... To make an audience feel empathy, you know, for a very flawed character, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> may that that's that's the the talent or the art, you know, despite his flaws or crimes or sins, he's able to do that in a movie.
0: I will tie something together here with him feeling that he is slowly transitioning into Simone. Mm-hmm. with this being the last of the Apartment Trilogy. Is Repulsion not about uh, a young woman who's also losing it?
1: Yeah, she's go- yeah, it's Catherine Deneuve going insane. She's a young Belgian woman, I think, in, in London. Yeah, go- seeing, like fixating on cracks in the walls and stuff, yeah.
0: And then Rosemary's <coughs> Baby is, again, another woman who's losing it, but for the right reasons, so... Yeah. Yes. Two out of three are actually women losing it. And then the third yeah. is a man who thinks he is turning into a woman who's losing it.
1: Well, yeah, he's become, a, he's take, he takes on <coughs> her personality because of moving into the apartment. But there's always something about like the actual house that is possessing these people or causing them to act the way they act. They move into these apartments, and these, the apartments change them, you mm-hmm. know?
0: And because a lot of it, obviously, is done through just what, paranoia, the neighbors. I don't know if it's exactly the physical space, even, of the apartments.
1: I, it plays into it, though. I think it's part of it.
0: I mean, Something this one was very cramped. In Rosemary's Baby, that seemed like it was a pretty decent apartment. I yeah, cannot it's a, remember a repulsion.
1: Sure, just try it out. I haven't seen repulsion in a long time. Yeah, it's worth a rewatch. Maybe maybe that's that's your holiday time activity. Watch the apartment trilogy in reverse.
0: I'm trying to look at like what her apartment looked like. It looks like she actually has her own bathroom situation going on. So good for her. Yeah. yeah. I
1: know it's in black and white, so it looks Visually, very different. Uh, Repulsion does.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's an earlier. It's a, It's from the sixties.
0: So that would be the movie that you say made him.
1: Uh well, his first hit was uh, Knife in the Water, like it was. It, it, in the, that, I think that might be his first feature film or f- first well known one because it, I think it won some international awards. But that was made when he was still in Poland. That was before before he moved to the West.
0: I'm uh, trying to like in the biography that
1: He moved to England uh, and made uh, I think cul de sac and he made uh Repulsion. Yeah. And
0: then he came to America, made Rosemary's Baby.
1: Yeah. And oh and there was and then there was Fearless Vampire Killers was in there, sprinkled in there sometime before he Because that's when he met Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. Was on Fearless Vampire Killers,
0: which I recommend. That movie is actually a really good one.
1: Oh yeah, that's well, that's a comedy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Even though there there's there's an actual creature, but like it's a it's totally a comedy. It's yeah. one of those
0: like we talk a lot about random like vampire things, and they're very rarely scary. It's kind of more of like a campiness to it.
1: Yeah, it's a very campy movie. Yeah, it's sort of like a proto what we do in the shadows almost. You know.
0: <laughs> Love not quite, me,
1: yeah, yeah. What We Do in the Shadows is great, yeah. It is good.
0: Oh, I think <laughs> that might be in the next movie we do.
1: Oh, is that is that your choice?
0: I'm thinking, I mean, it's not as Kafkaesque, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I've never been able to say Kafkaesque as much.
1: Yeah, but it's got, well, it's got one of the most horrifying and real creatures ever, the energy vampire. Mm-hmm. God, we've we've all known those people. There's so many that suck the life force out of you just by their presence.
0: Oh, we know those.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I'd, I'd be up for that if that's if that's your pick.
0: That's my pick. Yes. All right. See, Rowan Polanski has inspired us so much. Yeah. Look. Yeah, In yeah. good ways, not bad ways.
1: Yeah, you can you can you can get inspiration from anywhere, uh, you know, out of all kinds of tragedy and horror. Real life horror. Uh, yeah. Uh.
0: You could be a horror director who creates real horror as well. Just all of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: He was just great at taking all of it. Experience of real r- life horror and then turning that into a horror movie. Then being a horror director and then creating a horror story in real life. And
1: Yeah, being a horrible person. Yeah.
0: I feel like you just like go in circles with Roman Polanski.
1: Well, I you know his his life starts out with you know the Holocaust, so it doesn't.
0: It doesn't. Start it's not a great happening. beginning. It doesn't. No. Yeah. But you know, like basically, it would appear that a lot of his life are final destination, basically vibes of like near <laughs> death, near. Yeah. Oh my God, you lucked out on that one. You almost died in the Holocaust. You De- almost got killed by the Manson family.
1: Death trying to collect on the bill that he's cheated in of. <laughs>
0: you almost went to jail. For the fucker has lived time. ninety
1: years. Like, talk talk about. He's like a fucking cockroach or something.
0: I'll say he's great at dodging shit. Yeah.
1: And I I, th- I I think it's not surprising that he looks like a rat because he is like a rat. Like you know, he just survives. He's like one of these survive nuclear Holocaust.
0: Roman Polanski,
1: like, he's a superhero. Only like,
0: <laughs> I feel like only a Jew can call another Jew a rat who survived the Holocaust.
1: Well, yeah, you know,
0: I'm not allowed go to back, say
1: it. You know, burnish my reputation as, what? What did you say? I was the worst Jew ever.
0: I still want you to write that memoir, Dimitri. Worst Jew
1: ever, too. No, I, I, I'm not the worst Jew. I'm, I'm just, I'm a pedestrian. It's a comedy. Garden variety, bad Jew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I hate everything that's going on in the world right now because that would have been a great title for this episode.
1: <laughs> no, uh, I mean, speaking of shit being canceled, there's some writer, she said, best, the E-Pray Love Lady, she had a book that was supposed to come out set in, the, in Russia. They fucking canceled it because of the Ukraine war, which is so fucked up. Like so, you're gonna pretend that the fucking country doesn't exist because it's involved in a horrible war. That's well, I'm not gonna drink vodka. That'll signal to the world how I'm protesting Russia's actions. It's fucking stupid. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, I agree. One hundred. Ludicrous.
1: Ludicrous.
0: <laughs> I do like though that those people actually think that they're making a difference.
1: I know. Well, this is it does sort of loop to get uh, a little bit into the the conversation about you know the art from the artist uh, separating it mm-hmm. so you you're, you're going to cancel the culture of an entire country or a civilization because their current government is involved in a, like an unjustified war so like you're not going to read like tolstoy or dostoevsky because putin is waging a war now like that it's ludicrous you can't do that you know what i mean
0: i mean i think we discussed it at our last uh, reading that we did, which is fun because when this airs, this will actually be airing the day, yeah, the, the same day. day, day. Of the next reading, yeah. <laughs> but like how we discussed it though, a lot of us were saying, like, I don't know how in the conversations before we were waiting for our millions of fans to pour in mm-hmm. about the places that we wanted to travel, and several of us were like, ah, Russia, if only. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, I mean, I don't want to travel to Russia, but that's because of personal... You bi- got
0: the fuck bi- out, so yeah.
1: Biographical reasons. Yeah, they didn't want me, and I don't want them, but...
0: Uh, but we all have our own, like, odd places that we would like to go to.
1: Yeah, oh, I'll, i got to send you this. There's a the long Harper article at Harper's about this guy that went to Russia recently. Just documents. It's, like, just about life behind the new Iron Curtain and what... What a surreal kind of like different existence they have going on now.
0: I'd like us to start coming up with like new terms. You know, instead of like saying World War III, new Iron Curtain. Sure, yeah. We need to come up with some good ones. True.
1: Uh, But yeah, throughout the history of that country, they've always felt that the, speaking of paranoia, that the world was against them and that. They're always trying to make, you know, Russia great again. The whole fucking time. The whole history.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's almost never true. Almost, you know, like, it's self-inflicted wounds. So, totally connected to this, the tenant, and the maker of the tenant,
0: you know. Indeed.
1: Yeah, and comes, you know, comes from that part of the world.
0: Basically. Well, okay. but, but,
1: yeah, well, yeah, I don't I don't know if it's anti-Semitic to call Roman Pol- Polanski rat like he looks like a rat. That really little does. nose, the pointy nose and he's little and like he's shifty-eyed. He looks like a fucking rat.
0: <laughs> he gives a skeevy vibe.
1: Yeah. Like
0: I don't even know if skeevy is like a word. Look, but yeah. And
1: he, he, Look, there's a whole fucking book, you know, one of the best books about the Holocaust, Mouse. It has Jews as mice, you know. <laughs> That,
0: that it, is the propaganda,
1: it, yeah. And Nazi is cat. No, but like you know, my, mouse is, is you know written by a Jew. It has Jews as mice. So you know what's you know a rat is just a big mouse, right?
0: Okay, so if I call this episode <laughs> "Garden Variety Jew," um, <laughs> I have your permission. Yes.
1: You're you you can you can call the episode that that's your province. That's your part of the. Part of our deal here, like it's yeah, almost like
0: c- without permission, I'm just gonna call this Kafkaesque. <laughs> Kafka, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I've done weirder titles. Garden sure. variety Jew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, it's never ever. Um, he 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 identifies himself as Polish, you know, and but a French citizen. The the word Jew never appears in this movie, but it definitely hangs over it. The whole thing, you know?
0: Yeah, it's definitely the skepticism, sure. and he obviously plays heavily into that uh, stereotype and profile.
1: Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, so what, what we, we do, do in the, in the shadows, the shadows. Ne- next. Uh, oh. <laughs> People with all kinds of ethnicities and problems and afflictions.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Less landmines to step on, I think, with that one.
1: Yes, and m- much more lighthearted.
0: Exactly. Although I think we've done a pretty good job of making this a fun conversation. But also,
1: no. But made made by a by a filmmaker who's half Maori, half Jew. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> interestingly, yeah.
0: Let's keep the. Well, I was going to say something. Well, let's just keep the good times keep, going.
1: Keep the Jew thing going. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're, g- we're just gonna keep.
1: You know, we're g- this is the, the the Jew section of our Jew era of our of our
0: podcast. We did our apartment <laughs> moment. We did our doll moment. Now this is our Jew moment.
1: <laughs> Those were not the little Otik. There was no Jews in there. Yeah,
0: they're, but that was our doll f- moment.
1: Okay, that's true. Yeah, because we had Chuckie before apartment that. Moment.
0: You know, little <laughs> Otik and child. We're moving out.
1: Yeah, they they live in. Uh, What we do in the shadows—they're like in a big house, right? Or is it? Yeah, I
0: would say most like it's a a house, right? House, yeah. I haven't seen it in a very long time.
1: Yeah, I'll—I'll be. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to revisit it for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Cool. Okay. Well, I'll—I'll talk to you next week.
0: Yep. All right. Next
1: Friday at at our talk at our uh, event.
0: Hopefully, you bring it.
1: What would you like me to bring?
0: (laughs) The badass. (laughs) energy. I, I yeah. want you tearing through pages, Demetri. More
1: more, more paper scattered around the stage, yes.
0: Do a paper airplane. Have fun. I'll, I'll, go I don't it. know if
1: I'll be able to pull that off, but I'll try.
0: try. <laughs> we'll see. That'll just make it better though, like you just ending trying to do the paper airplane and being pa- like, pa- fuck paper it.
1: a misshapen paper airplane that doesn't fly, yeah. <laughs> that,
0: that feels like what my book basically is, so. Oh. It doesn't fly. Maybe it will. <laughs>
1: wah, wah. Wow, yeah, But yeah, this is why all our millions of listeners have to show up The Hungry Brain uh, on January 5th for this, for Mallory's book launch event, second book launch event.
0: Oh yeah, that was spoken about heavily at Christmas. That'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, will other family members show up?
0: I'm told that there will be a carpool.
1: Oh wow, like a caravan from the suburbs <laughs> would we'll be on the way?
0: It'll only be like a couple, like of the cousins I like. <laughs> I, I am keeping none it quiet of, from of, anyone else. I none of no the idea. hated
1: none of the hated cousins. Well you texted me on Christmas that like you found out that all these family members were listening to this show, so
0: Yeah, but see this one That's doesn't funny. air until the day of
1: They could listen to you post it in the morning, they could get all excited and fire up the the old uh or a station wagon. and.
0: <laughs> Luckily, the ones that are the most loyal listeners are the ones that are saying that they'll come. Oh, They're cool ones. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah, you we, we, we have to vet the audience and only have cool people attend.
0: Only cool people I'm related to. I, I know the embarrassing ones.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, without any moral problems or, like, crimes, we, we're not going to accept any criminals.
0: Well, I don't <laughs> know about that. <laughs> it's if that's your criteria, we might have an issue. But
1: <laughs> you're only you're only inviting criminal, the criminal criminal element.
0: Are you inviting any criminal element? <laughs> no. C- come on, the Russian mafia.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I have so many contacts. My only and personal
0: known for their love of literature,
1: music, right? <laughs> of course. Uh... Did you ever see Eastern Promises? No. Oh, that's a good Cronenberg movie set in London, but it's about the Russian mob. With uh, Vigo. It stars Vigo. That's a great one. You should check that out. Eastern Promises.
0: Definitely. Definitely.
1: Recommendation. Uh, No, but my only, I think my only personal interaction with the Russian mob was driving uh, for a cab company here called Chicago Carriage Cab. She's no longer here, but it was run by uh, a, a Russian Jewish mobster from New York who imported. He 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 ran cabs in New York and he started a business here. He was importing like used, used up, decommissioned New York taxis and running them on streets of Chicago.
0: They didn't want to utilize you.
1: No, I worked for them for okay. like a year or two, and. They yeah. They didn't like me because I understood what they were saying in the office and they were like <laughs> talking shit about like these other immigrants from other countries who couldn't understand them. Hmm. Uh that was horrible. Yeah.
0: So no yeah. Russian mafia at my reading.
1: Uh not that I not that I know of, yeah.
0: You'll bring the one man mafia, you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a real menace to society. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I, I I think you could be given the right circumstance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, we'll work on that.
0: We'll work on it. Maybe uh, I'll I, set sign up at the reading to make you really have to lose it.
1: That's right. That's that reading will be a launch for your set, relaunch for your book and like the beginning of my reign of terror on the streets of Chicago. Yeah.
0: And great material for the worst Jew ever.
1: Right. <laughs> but my, my prison memoir after they catch me. Yeah. That's. That's the book I'll write in jail.
0: And then they'll turn it into a mini series and it'll be on Netflix and then you'll hate yourself for the rest of your life.
1: Maybe I'll get Roman Polanski to direct it.
0: Oh damn, you better get to work on it now then.
1: <laughs> I, I think Roman Polanski's a more he's gonna live forever.
0: He is like a cockroach in that way. He's, he's never gone. All, all,
1: all the shit that he survived, he's not gonna ever die. <laughs>
0: Not to be morbid, but wouldn't it be funny if he did die, <laughs> like within this week?
1: Oh, now you're wishing death on Roman Polanski. All right. Just
0: saying, it'd be a funny thing.
1: Well, he's got to at least live long enough to hear this episode.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's,
1: I mean, what else has he got going on? Come on.
0: Not like there's <laughs> not enough content about him out there.
1: <laughs> no, this is it. This is This is the thing he's been keeping himself alive for, is this... Trenchant uh, dissection of one of his classic movies.
0: Very Kafkaesque movie. Sorry, I had to say it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you love you love saying ca- talk about overused terms that don't mean anything anymore.
0: I know That's it's why it's words. so fun to use it.
1: <laughs> Kafkaesque, hipster, Iron Curtain, like all, all these fucking cliches. You know, <laughs> World War Three.
0: <III. laughs> exactly. <laughs>